Welcome aboard, everybody. This is your captain, Johnny, speaking. I'd just like to thank you so much for listening to a special podcast on 9-11. It is my honor to be able to do another podcast on 9-11. For those who don't know, Captain Johnny's podcast started with a three-part series to 9-11. When I first started this journey of becoming a podcaster, I realized that I needed to give tribute to an event in history that affected my life and that I can talk about from a different viewpoint than most people do in the media. And I realized that I was like, 9-11's coming up when I made my first announcement of becoming a podcaster. And I sat there, I'm like, I have to do a dedication to it. And that's where the three-part series came from. And then now I am humbled and honored to be able to do another podcast dedicated to 9-11. To give tribute to all the people who lost their lives that day. All the people who sacrificed their lives that day. And the ones who fought tooth and nail to make everybody as much as they could come out alive from a absolutely tragic terrorist attack on the United States of America that affected the whole world. And as you guys know, I always make sure that I start off these podcasts right when I do these special podcasts. I am going to Have a moment of silence to start this podcast off right. Please join me now in that moment of silence. Thank you so much for giving those few seconds to the moment of silence. You don't fully understand how much that really means to someone until you're in a position that that happens. And I never wish that on anybody because that is something that is a horrible thing to go through. And I will actually expand a little bit on that more on my special podcast on an event that affected my life and affected people around me. And it is why I am honored to be able to do these podcasts on special events that happened in history and things that have changed our history as well. And that is why we are going to start diving in, as I say, and we're going to start the highlight reel, as I call it. And I'm going to be pulling, like I said, from the podcast that I did last year, which is the special podcast, which I have three parts to it. And if you haven't listened to those podcasts, I highly recommend you to do that because you 
the little clips that you're going to get here is nothing compared to listening to the whole thing. And I highly encourage you to listen to it. And if you don't remember everything that happened on those, that is the beautiful thing about technology is you can go back and listen to it again and again. So here we go. Let's get into this. And then I'm going to go into a couple stories because I want to give highlights of what happened from people that had survived. And then we'll get into the aftermath effects. And like I said, this is going to be a great podcast to honor 9-11. Here is the first clips of what happened on 9-11. Is that American 11 trying to call? Buddy, we have some planes. Just stay quiet and you'll be okay. We're turning to the airport. And uh, who's trying to call me here? American 11, are you trying to call? Nobody moves. Everything will be okay. If you try to make any moves, you'll danger yourself and the airplane. Just stay quiet. quite a story about what happened to you on the morning of 9-11. I absolutely have a story from uh, September 11th. Yes, I do. Somebody told me that what happened to you, some people think, could be a miracle. Uh, I believe that to be true myself. I, I was right in the middle of the Trade Center when the uh, building was collapsing and I survived, so... That sounds incredible right there. At the end of the turn, it was descending through 2,200 feet, pointed toward the Pentagon and downward Washington. At 9.37.46, the plane hit the Pentagon at the first floor level and unleashed a fireball that rose 200 feet above the building. So we've had two airplanes hit the World Trade Center, and the third one has hit the Pentagon. If America hasn't woken up by now, it sure has to. Because we are now in a fight against terror. And it is one of those where not everybody even knows about this yet. This was a time where cell phones were around, but not in everybody's hand like they are today. Even if you did hear it, it was one of those where you wouldn't believe it if you saw it. You would look at it on the TV and you'd be like, no, that can't be happening. 
but it is. It is happening. And we now have to face the fact that the World Trade Centers have been hit, the Pentagon has been hit, and there is one more aircraft out there that is getting hijacked as we speak. Let's listen in to United Flight 93 as they go into the recount of what happened on that flight. This is where it turns into 
absolute chaos when you try to put this all together in your mind. It is sometimes hard to listen to a lot of this audio from 9-11 because this is real life and when people were fighting for their own life. And it is always hard on the side of like myself to try to give honor and tribute to 9-11, but there's a lot of things that changed after 9-11 that has helped shape and mold where we have been going for a long time and help protect us more. Let's go to the story of someone in the towers and what they had happened to them and their recount they can now share. And then, like I said, after that, we'll go into the aftermath in more details and talk about what has changed since 9-11 so that for some people who don't even realize that things are different because it's normal to them now. It wasn't normal over 20 years ago. Listen in to the recount of someone in the World Trade Towers. James Dorney had been working in New York for nearly three years and was at his desk on the 92nd floor of the South Tower. Uh, James, you were in the thick of it. That's right, Liz. My office was looking north and I remember I got off the phone and I was looking straight at the building in front of me when it essentially exploded. So it happened right in front of my eyes. Basically, 10 floors exploding straight in front of me. And you had no idea at that point what that was? I never actually saw an aircraft, but an almighty explosion. The smoke, the flames. Slips of paper floating on the breeze. I assumed that a pipe had exploded. That's all I could come up with. But at that particular time, uh, it was just mayhem. To quell the panic, an announcement instructed James and his colleagues who'd seen what had happened next door to stay at their desks. I was, I think, in a, a state of shock and wandering around on the 92nd floor when that particular announcement was made that the South Tower was secure and that you could stay put. For some reason, it had the exact opposite impact on me. And I thought, you can tell me that when my feet are on the ground, I'm out of here. And I got into a fire escape in the Northwestern fire escape in the South Tower, which turned out to be the furthest stairwell from where the plane was about to crash into the building. 
At 9.03am, scarcely 20 minutes after the North Tower was hit, United Airlines Flight 175, another Boeing 767 carrying 65 men, women and children, crashed into the South Tower between the 77th and 85th floors. I wasn't too many floors down. I seem to recall I was at around the 70th floor when the next plane came crashing into the building. So I was stuck in a very narrow stairwell when that occurred, probably just a little bit below the point of impact. But did you know that that was a plane? No, no idea. I, I didn't know for a long, long time what had happened. have a Boeing 767 crashing into a building. It's very difficult to put into words the force that I felt. I had to catch myself. I thought I was dead. Then it turned out that I wasn't and the building stopped shaking and I said, I better keep going down here. Something else just hit a very large plane. At that point, people started to fill into these stairways. I really remember the piles of shoes being left at, at every turn people kicking off their shoes and I remember standing still in the 50s because there were then that many people in the stairs and you couldn't move and I remember thinking to myself I just can't get out. Those stairs were the worst, the absolute worst. It really uh, brings back some, some, some pretty horrific memories when I think about it. It was the worst because every, everybody was trying to do what you were doing. Well, you couldn't really help yourself and it's probably very lucky that I didn't know what had happened, to be honest, because that really would have set people off, I think. There were people sitting down on the stairs waiting to be rescued and I just had to get out. Uh, I had to get out of there. Oh 9-11 was new territory for everyone. Nothing like it had ever happened in military history, and the world had to quickly come to terms with a horrifying new reality. Yolanda, from your perspective, this is the beginning of the trauma. From the moment we saw what was happening, the trauma began. I guess what it actually did is that the world changed in, in, in a couple of hours in a very profound way, and I guess it really left us with the sense of what's next or who are we going to become. At that stage, I don't think any of us knew really what the magnitude of it was or what it really would mean for the future. It was only 9.30 in the morning, but already hundreds of innocent people were dead and the financial district of New York had become the first field of battle in a terrifying new war. Meanwhile, James Dorney was out of the South Tower, but he was not out of trouble. I vividly remember coming to the bottom of the World Trade Tower there, looking out through the glass, the sky was black. There was debris falling. 
I thought to myself, what is going on here? Running up the other way were all the fireys. They were knocking themselves out to get up into that building and rescue people and fight that fire. All I could think of was going the other way. These amazing people were going into the building. I can't imagine uh, what you thought was happening to you. I didn't know. We came out a block away when we finally emerged onto street level and I remember that there were fully grown men screaming and wailing. It was a complete war scene. There was screaming, there was sirens, there was horrific scenes all over the street of body parts. I looked up, people jumping out of the towers. like a scene out of hell, basically. And I remember getting about a block away up onto Broadway and finally looking up over my shoulder and seeing essentially two burning towers. And I thought to myself, I need to put that much distance between me and them. And I took off uptown and it's just as well I did because I hadn't been out very long when the South Tower fell down. On a morning that was already far beyond the bounds of comprehension came the truly unimaginable. At 9.59 a.m., less than an hour after it had been attacked, the earth shook around the World Trade Center. The South Tower collapsed. Is obviously a moment that you can't forget. No, look, I'll never be able to forget that. Yeah, right, right. We were traumatised watching it. When you hear what James went through, it's unimaginable. Yeah, look, I, I think what James experienced is indeed a very deep personal trauma and it is clearly life-changing. And at the same time, I also think that there's, it's clear that this is a trauma and it's a collective trauma. It resonates, doesn't it, in all of us. There is a little bit of that traumatic day in all of us. That's right. It represented American identity, you could say. And when that is possible, when you actually see on your screen that it's possible to destroy that in such a way, that goes quite deep, not just at a very personal level, but also at a very collective level. It affects societies and, and everyone in it. What an incredible story of a person on how they escaped the World Trade Center on 9-11. That clip also brings up so many different thoughts. And I really liked that it had this psychiatrist in there because they brought in what people were facing at that time and are still facing today. that we are going to be entering into a new reality and how the terrorists in a matter of two hours change history around the world and the aftermath can be felt throughout the world. 
this is now something that is weighing on President Bush's shoulders. Nine months into the job, and he now has to face one of the biggest things that happened in history in his life. One of the first things that they did is they made sure to get him into a secure location because they had no clue what was going to happen next. Next thing is they ordered a complete shutdown of the airspace above the United States so that no one could fly in and out and around the United States. Which that is something that is incredible from an aviation standpoint for the fact that you had planes going all over and now the air traffic controllers have to land them at the nearest airport. And we're able to do that within a few hours. An incredible thing to do. Now that the airspace is shut down, you have military jets and the president being the only one who can fly in the United States for approximately two days. It is one of the weirdest things to see if you've ever seen a timeline where they land all these planes and then all the planes are going around the United States and no airplanes are flying in and out of the United States or across the United States. As someone who is a pilot, I've seen this and it is just weird to see. We've become so accustomed to airplanes flying around that to not see him is kind of eerie, but is all in a matter of safety because no one knew what was going to happen next. It was something different. We're now dealing with the aftermath of what happened And now President Bush and his team have to figure out how do we reopen the airspace? When do we do it? When is it safe to do it? All of these questions are lying on it. And then he also has to act on who did this. Because someone has to pay. If you go through everything in history, if you know if you're going to attack someone, you're going to have retaliation because no one likes it when you just attack someone without going back after them and saying, hey, no, you can't do this. This is unacceptable. In the aftermath, he announces a war on terrorism. A little over two days after 9-11, the airspace opens back up again. 
people who were willing to fly because, as you know, what happened, you may not be ready to go flying again just yet. The anxiety and fears of flying have increased after this event. And it is still a real thing today because of everything that has happened. So for the few people that I consider brave and willing to do this and let everything start getting back to a new normal, because it's still not going to be the same. We're met at the airport with Air National Guard helping with security state police, and local police. And depending on the airport, they also have their own police or security team helping as well. Because of everything that happened, the lines for security were long because they're going through everything, every little tiny luggage that you had, every bag Anything you brought is going to get scrutinized. And as it should, because we can't let this happen again. As this continued to work through the days after 9-11, the president and Congress and his team start enacting bills and legislation and start creating departments to start overseeing the new security and the new rules to help people feel secure again. Now, I'm going to go into the Homeland Security that was created because through Homeland Security, the TSA was also created, known as Transportation Security Administration. And then through the Transportation Security Administration, security protocols and rules changed for the better. For those who don't know, You used to be able to go to the gate and meet your loved ones or friends, whoever was flying in, as long as you could pass security. That is now changed in an exemption, though. They do have it to where some parents can go to the gate when you have an unaccompanied minor. But that changed now where you now have to show your ID and you have to show your boarding pass to get through security. One level of barrier to help increase security and lessen the risk. Well, the TSA also started doing a thorough check of checked bags and then started and then they started moving from metal detectors, which they still do have for TSA pre-check and we'll get into that in a second. But they then they moved into body scanners due to a couple other things that happened after 9/11. And they realized we need to continue to increase the security to lessen the risk. 
And body scanners came in approximately about four to five years after 9-11. And then they started implementing that and it started increasing. And they always tested in, in certain markets and then they continued to move through with them. And as you guys know now, with a couple of things that have happened as well, where we now have a 3.4 ounce liquid rule, and that's due to someone who tried to then be a human bomb. And they're like, okay, we got to change all of this. And then also you have to remove shoes due to that because of the shoe bomber that tried to do this. And so everything that you do has a reason and function at the airport. And I want you guys to understand that because... This is something that has happened and evolved over time. And it is something that is there to help you feel secure and lessen the risks of what could happen. Which I get. Going through 9-11, I have no problem going through these new protocols I always try to be nice to TSA as well because I know it's not an easy job and I recommend you guys to do, do the same because everything that we've went through is something that is due to something previously happening in history you may not like the 3.4 ounces rule on travel you know, liquids, I understand. I mean, I like having to take off your shoes. I get that. But if you travel enough, you can do the TSA pre-check, which is where they go through a detailed background screening and allow you to keep everything in your bag and your shoes and your belts on. So there is options to work through this. Even as a crew member, I do have a separate security, but I even get chosen to go through regular security as a random selection every once in a while. And I still always make sure I'm polite and courteous to those TSA people because they have to go through a lot. They have to look through all of your bags and if you accidentally forget something you have to go to secondary screening and I've even done it to where I've left something in my bag and I get subject to some of the rules if I'm not in a uniform or if I am traveling for personal use and so again I I'm still subject to those as well and it is something that again I will abide by and be pleasant to and Make sure that you work through all this because, again, it comes back to events like 9-11. Something we will always remember and should never forget. I hope you guys really enjoyed this dedication to 9-11. I worked really, really hard to make sure that I had everything in there to give it the tribute and the honor and respect it deserves because this is a thing that happened that 
no one expected to happen. But it's happened. I hope you guys take a little bit of your day today to reflect on what has happened and to remember everything. And join in if you need to another moment of silence or just reflect and pay the respects to everybody that has lost their life on this day. With that, I end. And this quote will make more sense now to you guys because I have actually modified it a little bit over time to make it better. Because when I did my 9-11 series, I realized I needed to change it. And the reason why I say live life like you've never lived it before is because people on September 10th thought they were going to just go into a normal day on the next day and some of them didn't make it out of the World Trade Center or got injured, hurt, or didn't make it in the Pentagon or all the ones who sacrificed their lives on United 93, which ended up crashing in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. So think about that and remember to do this with your own life. I end with live life like you've never lived it before because you never know what tomorrow may bring. God bless.